the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And hour number two is underway at eight minutes past ten o'clock on this free for all Friday, the 14th morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord 2019. Thanks for being with us. This is free for all right now. This half hour is your chance uh, on any subject you wish. If you want to talk about uh, the president's statement about Apple research, you can do that. If you want to talk about Gibson's bakery with a massive victory on both fronts, both on compensatory damages and on punitive damages and Oberlin College crying in their liberal or drowning in their liberal tears, rather. Uh, you want to get into that? We can do that. Kellyanne Conway recommended to be fired for violating the Hatch Act. You can talk about that. How about the U.S. women's national soccer team? We should be excited about them, right? They just won 13 to nothing. They've won two World Cups. We should all be cheering for Team USA, right? Well, what if Team USA isn't even pro-USA? Yeah, I've got a story on that, and if you want to hit it, you can do so. Again, 216-901-0945, Either one of those numbers gets you here. If you want to tweet to me, Facebook comment to me, or comment to me via Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, the uh, social media app uh, that conservatives are flocking to, and I hope you get an account there as well. Please do so at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, all one word, no spaces, no underscores. All right. Um, I mentioned, uh, you know, the president, obviously, with the Oppo research comment in the George Stephanopoulos interview, that everybody is reacting to. The left is going just crazy. The media is screaming that this is, uh, this is uh, grounds for treason. The media is screaming that President Trump is trying to call for, literally, signal China and Russia and other American, um, I don't know if we call them enemies, but uh, nations that are not necessarily allies right now. Uh, calling on them to try to help him to defeat whatever candidate the Democrats put up there. Nancy Pelosi says that, uh, that, that the president is in violation of the law. You heard this, right? 
want to make sure we understand what you're saying because you're going to be pushing for legislation here. Are you saying, is it clear now whether this is illegal, whether it's wrong? Is it illegal to take this kind of information? And in addition, um, one of your members at least is saying that this is impeachable, this attitude by the president. They've been saying impeachment since before Donald Trump won the election for crying out loud. I believe this is potentially impeachable. There is, um, there is uh, in the law that you cannot accept contributions, and that includes in kind, from a foreign, your campaign cannot, from a foreign government. That is in the law. Okay, if that's in the law, where were you, Speaker Pelosi, in criticizing the Clinton campaign for taking in-kind campaign campaign contributions, easy for me to say, from Christopher Steele, a Brit, and from Russian sources in the creation of that ridiculous dossier? What do you think, Nance? Any particular reason you're not addressing that? I am that? pleased with Secretary Pompeo's statement on what's happening in China now in this regard. But that'll take any questions. You know. I don't even want to hear from her anymore. I know what the question is, and I know what the answer is. She says that the president is involved in a criminal case here. So are the leftist media. What I want you to hear from, rather than Nancy Pelosi, before I go to your phone calls, I want you to hear from last night on Hannity's show, Mark Levin, host of Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday nights on uh, the Fox News channel. Mark Levin was asked about this ridiculous notion that Donald Trump suggesting that he would listen if somebody had oppo research on a, po- a political opponent, uh, if they came from, from a foreign country, that this is somehow treasonous. Here's Levin. Hillary Clinton, the DNC, paid for information. They paid for Russian information. It didn't come to them. They had to manufacture it. They paid for it. And then, of course, contact the FBI. Would that be the FBI that sent spies into the Trump campaign and was leaking to the media? You know, a little bit of history does help. I seem to remember, Sean, in the 1990s, the red Chinese military poured millions of dollars into Bill Clinton's re-election. Remember that? The Riyadi Group and Johnny Chung and the rest? They were bringing bags of money, serial numbers, into the DNC. Does anybody remember the media getting all worked up, other than really the L.A. Times? Uh, I don't remember Nancy Pelosi getting worked up. Do you know they didn't even appoint a special counsel to investigate that? Now, that's real interference. That's the that's also real hypocrisy, and this is what we talk about all the time. This is the hypocrisy of the left. If the Democrats do it, it is fine and dandy, and we'll provide cover for them. If the Republicans do it, it's time to hang them by a yard arm. That's the way they are. Uh, Mark Levin, part two. We American people, we're such plebes, we're so stupid, we're really supposed to believe that China wants Trump to win. So they're going to give Trump information on Bernie Sanders? They would love Bernie Sanders. He's a kindred spirit. Or that the Russians are really happy with the way Trump is treating them. So they're going to give him information to defeat Kamala Harris? Or the Iranians? Or the North Koreans? How stupid is that? The rest of America watches this and we laugh at the media. Or how about the great lion of the Senate, Ted Kennedy, who used surrogates to contact the KGB to try and defeat Ronald Reagan in his re-election in 1984? And Nancy Pelosi. Who can forget Nancy Pelosi in 2007, undermining the Bush administration, George W. Bush, running off to meet with the genocidal dictator, the father of the current genocidal dictator in Syria, undermining our national security? Who can remember the Democrat speaker before that, Jim Wright, running off to Nicaragua to meet Ortega, another genocidal communist? 
I mean, the Democrat, it's a joke. The list goes on and on and on. And that's why Levin last night on Hannity was so, this was so important to point out the number of times, and I've got more of them. But the number of times the left has collaborated slash colluded uh, with foreign sources to get oppo research or information, if not straight up cash, forget about in-kind contributions, actual cash contributions to help their causes in the DNC. It, 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 the, the list goes on and on and on. And yet they want to uh, impeach Donald Trump. They want to hang Donald Trump by a yardarm. They want to uh, uh, have him fought, uh, 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 put on trial for treason for suggesting that he might listen to somebody who came in with information. The hypocrisy, my friends, is the worst part of all of this. Let me get one more clip from Levin last night on Hannity, and then I'll go to your calls. You talked about Bernie Sanders. We have two plagiarists in the race on the Democrat side. Joe Biden, who's a well-known... Oh, okay, sorry. This, this part, this is worth listening to. This is not about the um, uh, Oppo research part, but this is just uh, the media's hypocrisy, okay? This is what Levin is talking about last night on Hannity. He's talking about the media's hypocrisy. Look at two of the top candidates in the left in the uh, Democrat cesspool. In the cesspool of candidates, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are kind of the top two dogs, if you will. By the way, interesting that the party of all kinds of diversity has two old white men as their uh, potential candidates. But be that as it may, uh, listen to exactly what we are talking about here. When I told you a long time ago that this campaign is not about Trump v. Democrat, it is about capitalism v. socialism, I meant it. And as you hear Levin explain last night on Hannity, you can go ahead and take socialism and uh, make that synonymous with Stalinism, communism, you name it, here it is. You talked about Bernie Sanders. We have two plagiarists in the race on the Democrat side. Joe Biden, who's a well-known plagiarist, because he's too dumb to even say things on his own. But then there's Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders has stolen his agenda from Joseph Stalin, from the Soviet Union in 1936. I want to educate CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, and all the rest of them. Chapter 10, 1936 Constitution, the Soviet Union, sounds really great. Article 118, citizens of the USSR have the right to work. That is, and I'm quoting, are guaranteed the right to employment and payment for the work in accordance with its quantity and quality. Article 119, Citizens of the USSR have the right to rest and leisure, the institution of annual vacations with full pay for workers and employees, and the provision of a wide network of sanatoria, rest homes, and clubs for the accommodation of the working people. Article 120, bear with me. Citizens of the USSR have the right to maintenance in old age, and also in case of sickness or loss of capacity to work. This right is ensured by the extensive development of social insurance of workers and employees at state expense, free medical service for the working people, and the provision of a wide network of health resorts for the use of the working people. One more. Article 121 of Stalin's Soviet Constitution, 1936. This right is ensured by universal compulsory elementary education, by education including higher education, being free of charge by the system of state stipends for the overwhelming majority of students in the universities and colleges, and it goes on, a meritopia. So, Bernie, why don't you come, come forward and tell everybody, you're stealing from Stalin. Plagiarizing Joseph Stalin. That is the Democrats' method to winning the White House? Really? That is what they want, uh, that they want to be associated with? Quite literally. 
Bernie Sanders is saying all of the above. Bernie Sanders is saying we need to provide free this, 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 and this. Everything you just heard Levin quote from the Stalin, uh, um, uh, Russia, or Soviet uh, Constitution. That's exactly what Bernie Sanders is running on. If I wanted you to hear his voice uh, for the next four and a half minutes, I would play it for you, but I don't. I'm not that cruel. I don't believe in sadism. Jan in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jan, go ahead. Oh, hi. Well, I have a hypothetical. If someone in Norway called the president and said, uh, uh, I have proof, I have visible and actual proof that, uh, hypothetical, that Bernie Sanders is actually a communist, is he supposed to say, oh, I don't believe you, and hang up? <laughs> or is he, better yet, is he supposed to say, I'm calling the FBI on you? Because that's, that's what the left wants him to do. No, I mean, right. Right. I mean you're going to listen and say, really? What do you got? They are totally asinine. Yeah. You know, you have to... If some, okay, if, if I call and say, you know, there's a... There's a uh, a building burning. I mean, if they could have information that is truly damaging, well, I mean, damaging I, you know, to the country. We, we can be. We we can. We if we were since we're doing hypotheticals here. You know, if this happened, uh, Jan, you, you know, we can say this. You know, prior to the 2016 election, if somebody called President Trump or Don Jr. or Kellyanne Conway or somebody else on the campaign and said, "I have proof that Hillary Clinton had a man murdered," you're, you're just going to say, "I'm calling the FBI on you." You know, uh, uh, wait a minute. What, what what did you just say? Uh, you're going to listen to that. If I have proof that, the, and thanks so, so much for the phone call, if I have proof that Hillary Clinton and her husband Bill Clinton sold uranium to the Russians uh, for millions and millions of dollars uh, during uh, during her time as Secretary of State and brokered that deal and enriched the Clinton Foundation in the process, you're telling me the president is supposed to say, I'm not interested. I'm going to hang, the, I'm, I'm hanging up on you and I'm calling the FBI. Actually, before I hang up, what you'd say your name was? Somebody, anybody get that caller ID? We got to report this to the FBI. Of course you're going to listen. All the president said is, I would listen. And then if the information is bad or illegal or wrong or, or whatever the case might be, then I report it to the Department of Justice. That's how it's supposed to be. 216 Spencer calling from North Canton next. Hi, Spencer. Go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to call your listener to show your support for President Trump's birthday, and he was found innocent in four separate kangaroo court investigations, and put out your USA flag to show your patriotism under the America First Doctrine, and there's only one flag, and that's old glory. Any other flag does weaken United States sovereignty, okay? And don't forget, play that Hannity, uh, Adam Schiff, DNC opposition research with the so-called Russian spy there, and we need to bring that before. <laughs> yeah, that spoof. Yeah, that that prank phone call. That's a, that's a good one. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Spencer. Yeah, the one where Adam Schiff, somebody made a prank phone call pretending to be a Russian who had all kinds of dirt on Donald Trump, including naked pictures of him with with porn stars or something to that effect. Um, and Adam Schiff, instead of hanging up and saying, "I'm calling the FBI," said, "Oh, okay, uh, that's very interesting." Uh, you know, and 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 essentially made uh, arrangements of some sort to to verify. 
this. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the idea, and again, we don't even have to go to all of that because Levin laid it all out there in uh, uh, the first uh, clip that I played for you. The number of times Democratic operatives and uh, campaign associates reached out to foreign sources, not accepted foreign information that was brought to them, but reached out to wrangle it, to find it. They sought it out to use against uh, Republican candidates. That list is long and detailed. And so uh, the hypocrisy of the left here obviously knows no bounds. All right, 1022, quick time out, right back. More of your phone calls. Dial now, 216-901-0945 on AM 1420, The Answer. take just a second here um, before the bottom of the hour news and we come back with a new conversation about defending and protecting our children and that's important by the way you're going to want to hear this we're going to talk to uh, an author and a journalist alex newman about protecting our kids rescuing our children uh, from indoctrination and uh, much worse by radicalized government schools we're going to talk to him about that coming up here in a few but real briefly i just want to hit on gibson's can i do this yesterday it became official the jury in Lorain County who heard the case of Gibson's Bakery versus the People's Republic of Oberlin College came back after swinging a hammer at the liberal, race-baiting, uh, libeling, slandering, defaming institution known as uh, the People's Republic of Oberlin. Last week, they gave Gibson's an $11.5 million um, compensatory judgment. $11.5 million uh, spread out to members of the Gibson family who were defamed in such ways, as well as the organization, the uh, company itself. And now, yesterday, it was punitive damages time, and they came out with $33 million in punitive damages awarded. Now, they can't give that much out because Ohio law, under tort reform a few years ago, capped punitive damages at double the amount of compensatory damages. So technically, the punitive is going to be $22 million, along with the $11.2 million in the compensatory damages. So a total of 33 rather than a total of 44 will be given to the Gibson family, and Oberlin College will have to pay the attorney's fees. Uh, Lord only knows how much that, uh, that ended up being. Uh, in this case as well. David Gibson, the current store owner in what has been just a legacy, uh, over 150 years old, this store has been in Oberlin. It's been family-owned ever since, passed down from one generation to the next to the next. David Gibson is the current owner, and he was in tears after the jury uh, actually uh, uh, came out in favor of them, saying, quote, I appreciate from the jury that they took care of this Goliath, Goliath being Oberlin. That took a lot of guts on their part. They made it so that we have a chance and an opportunity to keep the lights on. Gives us an opportunity to keep the lights on for another generation. And that is extraordinarily important. Congratulations to David, as in David Gibson, but is in David in the biblical story of David versus Goliath, this small uh, uh, college town bakery which had been defamed and slandered and libeled in so many terrible ways by the repugnant uh, liberal establishment at Oberlin College, one big. And the left, again, crying and then drowning in their own pool of liberal tears. Um, it is a thing of beauty. Justice sometimes does prevail. News now at 1030. We'll come back and talk about rescuing and saving your kids, maybe from organizations like Oberlin College. That story coming up next right here. 
1035, we roll along. Just 25 minutes left of Outstanding Awesome for you on this Friday. Oh, no, that's a lie. Three hours and 25 minutes of Outstanding Awesome are left for you today because coming up at noon, I'll be filling in for the great Dennis Prager. Uh, Coast to coast, border to border. Looking forward to that conversation with uh, a lot of Dennis's fantastic um, uh, audience members and also to uh, a couple of the most brilliant conservative minds that I know. Peter Kersnow, member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. Peter will join me uh, this afternoon on the Prager Show, as will uh, my friend Daniel Horwitz. I have not talked to Daniel in a bit. He has been very, very swamped, but of course he is uh, the senior editor with Conservative Review. You can also see him. Uh, on uh, CRTV. Uh, I want to shift gears now a little bit and talk about national security. Let's talk about extremism. I just told you about the Oberlin story, right? Uh, Oberlin College, that is. That's one example of extremist schools uh, uh, essentially indoct- uh, indoctrinating young students into uh, believing they're Marxist slash socialist slash communist principles and ideals. But of course, that one is at least uh, a college. You got to pay to go there and have your brain warped. In public schools all over this country, it's happening, sometimes without parents' knowledge. You don't pay for it. As a matter of fact, you pay for it in the long run by losing your kids and losing their minds. This is what's going on. Alex Newman is an author and a journalist. He's going to be addressing the Act for America crowd coming up this Monday, and I'll give you the details about that in a moment. He's going to talk about the insanity that has taken over our public school system, sexualizing our children, reshaping their values, um, including the invasion of Islam, uh, deliberate dumbing down of your kids, uh, the future of faith, family, and freedom is on the line. That's all part of Alex's new book, Deep State, Pulling Strings from Behind the Scenes. Alex Newman joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Alex, thanks for coming on with us in advance of your visit to Cleveland. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on the program. Pleasure to have you, and it's going to be a pleasure to have you in Cleveland at Act for America on Monday at 7 p.m. Again, we'll talk about that in a moment, but let's talk about the extremist schools. We're talking about radicalized schools. A lot of us have complained about liberal bias in schools. We've talked about, you know, the influence of Democrat politics and those kinds of things, but, you know, a lot of people just kind of dismiss that as ho-hum. It's a lot more than just, you know, liberal versus conservative ideals here. When we talk about extremism, what are we talking about? Well, it, it, they really have become uh, indoctrination centers. I mean, if you look at the polling data, it shows very clearly that uh, a majority of young Americans today uh, self-identify as socialists. Uh, some of the polling data has 50% of young people identifying as LGBT. Uh, in California, they just did a study showing that 27% of kids are identifying as gender nonconforming. And this is all a direct result of the indoctrination and the propaganda that's taking place in the government school system. And it's even worse than just the indoctrination, Bob, because they're also uh, dumbing down the kids on an industrial scale. And nobody has to take my word for this. You can just look at the government's own data, and you'll see that uh, we are in a crisis. And back in the 80s, Reagan's commission said this fiasco threatened our future as a nation and as a people, and that if a foreign power had done this to us, we would have viewed it as an act of war. Well, it's gotten a whole lot worse since then. Yeah, well, um, you know, you talk about it being an indoctrination center. This doesn't happen overnight. This is something that has been creeping. Can you take us back, uh, Alex, and talk about when it really started to become what it is today? Uh, you know, and uh, because some might say, well, it's, you know, in the last five years, has it gotten worse? Is it 10? Is it 20? Is it 30? Uh, because quite frankly, I think this has been growing for more than a couple of decades. 
Oh, it absolutely has. And actually, one of the things I do in my talk and one of the things we do in the special report in the New American Magazine that it's based on is go through the history of all this. And what's interesting is if you look back to the people who actually created this system, who laid the foundations for what we have today, uh, it's doing exactly what they wanted it to do. I mean, you can go back to Horace Mann, for example. Uh, he was a, a socialist. He was uh, wanted to get the Bible out of schools. And then you go to John Dewey, who's almost universally regarded as the founding father of America's public education system. The guy went to the Soviet Union and, and praised what Lenin was doing there with instilling a collectivist mentality in the children. Uh, he wrote the first Humanist Manifesto, where he, he literally declared in the very first plank that we believe the universe is self-existing and not created. So he was telling us very clearly right off the bat that his religion was not compatible with the dominant religion in America, which at that time was still... Christianity, and so he intended to use the schools as a means of, you know, to quote Barack Hussein Obama, fundamentally transform America, and they've been successful beyond their wildest dreams. So this really goes back to the start. It took them a long time to corrupt the system so thoroughly, but uh, this was their goal going all the way back to the beginning. We're talking with uh, Alex Newman. Alex, Alex is an author and a journalist, uh, and he's giving a national security briefing headlined Rescuing Our Children. It's going to be Monday at 7 p.m. This is uh, an Act for America event, and if you want to attend this, you have to register uh, for this event. And uh, you have to do that by sending uh, an email to info at actcleveland.org, info at actcleveland.org. As you know, uh, we would like to not have to do that, but given security uh, concerns uh, these days, anytime you're trying to express something that is remotely right of center, we have to be sure we know who is in attendance. So info at actcleveland.org if you would like to attend this very important national security briefing. So when we talk, uh, Alex Newman, about indoctrinating our kids, let's talk about the sexualization part. Uh, the sexualization of our children, you just gave us some startling numbers. Maybe people heard them before, maybe they didn't. 50% of young people today, and I don't know what that, does that mean, you know, 5 to 17 or whatever it is, but identifying as uh, being LGBTQ in some capacity, uh, uh, you know, describing themselves in, in terms that really they've never done before, is is the school trying to teach kids today that the cool thing to do is to be in a minority protected class um that uh, identity politics works in the schools as well as in political campaigns that if you can claim lgbtq status or claim some other minority status status you are uh, you're in the cool club is this what they're doing that's exactly what they're doing and in fact you know, I was in elementary school in the 90s, and the term transgender, I mean, if you look back into the 80s, the term transgender didn't even exist in the dictionary. So this is all a very new phenomenon. Cross-dressers. We call them cross-dressers in those years. Uh, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's what it right. was. If you wore the, the clothes of the opposite sex of what you are, we just called you a cross-dresser. That's right. We didn't say, oh, you need to go mutilate your genitals so that you can officially become, you know, it, was just, it, just, <laughs> it didn't happen. In all my life, I never met a transgender. In all my years, in eight countries, on four continents, I never met a child who claimed to be the opposite sex. And yet today, according to the California UCLA, 27% of kids are gender nonconforming. And, you know, just to illustrate how, how, how this works, you know, back in the early 90s, they introduced a documentary in the schools called It's Elementary, talking to kids about gay issues in school. And uh, this documentary actually encouraged the kids to think of themselves as pretend judges. And they painted our marriage laws as bigoted and discriminatory. And they said, so now, little pretend judges, what should we do about these marriage laws that prevent two people who love each other dearly from getting married? And all the kids come to the correct view that, well, you know, we pretend judges should overturn marriage laws. That's exactly what happened. Within one generation, uh, you know, all the sodomy laws were struck down. They ended up uh, moving forward with gay marriage to the point where Obama 
lit up our White House with rainbow colors. Now we have drag kids on Good Morning America, 11-year-old kids, uh, you know, running around strutting their stuff in women's clothing. It is a, a They're hosting those things. Since we're talking about, Alex, if we may, since we're talking about schools, let's extend that now to public libraries. There are two different libraries in counties here in the state of Ohio that have been trying to host Drag Queen Story Hour, where they have men coming in dressed in their drag outfits and trying to teach kids that this is okay, this is a normal thing, this is what people do. Uh, it's been That's shut right. down by some wonderful conservative organizations. Also, uh, Larry Householder in the uh, Ohio General Assembly has been very, very uh, outspoken about this as well and to get these things shut down but again it's not just schools it's in almost all corners of public education life uh if you will and i don't understand how parents are supposed to push back against such a monolithic uh movement to try to sexualize and to change the sexualization of these kids but you're exactly right in this drag queen story hour they've literally had convicted sex predators coming in dressed up as women some of them wearing demon horns to read lgbt stories in the classroom you know kindergarten first grade second grade classrooms they brag about it and uh, UNESCO now, they even have this at the global level, they have this international guidance on uh, comprehensive sexual education where they want to start teaching five-year-olds about sexual pleasure and masturbation and homosexuality and fornication. I mean, why does a five-year-old need to know about those things? I think they're being groomed for something. But as to the solution, you know, what do we do? I say the first thing that every parent of school-aged children needs to do right now is to take immediate and urgent steps to protect their kids. And as much as nobody wants to hear this message, that means you've got to get them out of the system. Then we can worry about you know fighting the system, but first you've got to protect your own kids. You wouldn't send them into a burning building because you'd be worried about their physical well-being. Well, get them out of these schools if you care anything about their mental well-being, their academic well-being, their spiritual well-being. Uh, these are not safe places for children. Let me ask you about one other thing here before you go, Alex. Alex Newman is our guest. He's going to be the guest speaker uh, on Monday, uh, June 17th, 7 p.m., and, you know, for some reason I cannot see the location here. I, th- I, 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 I'm not positive, and maybe I can get this. Oh, here it is. I found it. I'm sorry. It is the Brexville Community Center. I wasn't 100% sure if it's in the same location. So, Act for America will meet Monday, 7 p.m. at the Brexville Community Center, uh, Center, uh, which is, uh, one community drive in Brexville, obviously. Uh, you must register if you want to attend. Uh, and all you got to do to register is send an email to info at actcleveland.org, info at actcleveland.org, so that we can vet and verify that you are somebody who wants to, to attend this event, not somebody who wants to disrupt it. Now, uh, I want to ask you about a different aspect of this, um, and you touched on it briefly, but I want to get a little more in-depth about the quote-unquote invasion of Islam in our public schools and in our kids' lives, uh, the deliberate, intentional introduction, and in some cases, compelled lessons about Islam and practicing of some of these under the guise of just learning more about other faiths. This is what's happening in a lot of schools. We've seen story after story of that. Alex, what is the overall goal here? That's exactly right. And what you see is even in very conservative states, you know, this was in West Virginia not long ago, they have the little kids reciting the Shahada, the Islamic conversion prayer, where they say, you know, I believe that Allah is the one God and Muhammad is his messenger and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, if you want to believe that, that's fine. But to force uh, kindergarten and first grade and second grade children in what at least once was a, a thoroughly Christian nation to do that uh, is grotesque. And what's been happening, and again, this is in all the school textbooks, they're teaching the kids that, oh, Islam is this religion of peace, and actually they worship the same God as the Christians, and oh, they're so tolerant of, uh, you know, Christians and Jews, and, 
you know, all of this is lies, of course. And anybody who knows the history of Islam or, or any Islamic scholar would tell you that's heresy. Don't you dare say we're worshiping the same God as the Christians. Right? Religion can be brought into the schools. I mean, they're they're training the kids to be good little humanists, and humanism is very much a religion. Uh, they've got the kids doing you know yoga and learning all about Hinduism is not only welcome in the schools, but it is taught to the children as something that's good and wholesome. Americans, almost 80% of American adults still identify as Christian, and we're the ones paying the bills for these schools. Why is it that all religions can be taught there except ours? It's disgusting. Is it the schools, um, or is it the parents who allow this to go on? And especially as if we go backwards a little bit here to the uh, sexualization part, you know, you mentioned the number of five-year-olds who are, you know, non-conforming or this or that or the other thing. They they can't just be learning this in school, uh, because especially by the age of five, most of their time has been spent at home. Our moms and it, it, it's it's a, the the blame deserves to be widely distributed, but I would say the school into the indoctrination. So what would have been absolutely beyond the pale even ten years ago, says an ongoing process. But I would argue that the schools have really driven this change. And of course, you know Hollywood propaganda and and you know some of these terrible cartoons kind of act as a supplement for what the kids are, are stewing in five days a week, you know, eight hours a day for 12 years, maybe 16 if they go on to get a college degree. I would say that this recognize how bad it is. If they did, they would get their kids out. Just three in ten parents want to send their kids to government school. So parents already sense that something's wrong. They just don't know how wrong. But John Dewey himself, parents and among teachers. So they understood full well that they had to do this quietly. They're patient. They're very patient playing the long game. There's no doubt about that. And I know that's more of what you're going to be discussing on Monday. So again, Alex Newman, author and journalist, the guest speaker, Act for America's meeting is on Monday at 7 p.m. in Brexville at the Brexville Community Center. You can register for attending that event at info at actclevelandorg Send an email to info. Thanks for shining a light on this. I appreciate it. I'll encourage everybody again to get your latest book, Deep State, Pulling Strings from Behind the Scenes. And uh, thanks very much for coming to Cleveland and uh, sounding the call on Monday. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Alex. Alex Newman joining us. Let's get a timeout now at 1050. Final timeout, final segment to come. If you want to get in, this is your life. All right, final segment of the show, uh, but that's only for this show. I've got many, 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 many more segments coming today. I'll be sitting in for Dennis Prager uh, coming up at noon. So from noon until 3, if you would like to tune back in, I would love to have you. I love getting great phone calls from my hometown audience as well as the uh, Prager audience all over this country. So uh, that's coming up new to three after Mike Gallagher when we are completed here. Let's go to uh, Carol who's calling us from Bedford on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Carol. Go right ahead. Okay. I was calling about the letter from the pastor that Marsha Fudge read before Congress. I can't believe that was allowed to happen. I heard excerpts, but supposedly she went on six minutes. He's calling him a racist, a terrible person, somebody who wants the KKK, and then he says that's what the people who voted him are right. like. That's what they want. I, I can't believe a pastor from this area would say this. He'd be, he should be more interested in the black-on-black crime, the killings, the murders, and stuff like that, and helping his congregation rather than well, chastising the president. Yeah, I, uh, first of all, I... Uh president all of those things he called and she did by reading this into the record on the house floor marcia fudge who presides over one of the poorest districts in ohio one of the most illiterate districts in ohio quite literally and i know this because her uh, opponent in the last two um 
uh, re-election campaigns, Beverly Goldstein uh, dug up all of the statistics and pointed out how incredibly illiterate so many of the adults are in her district, and that's why their kids have no shot. The kids can't read because the parents can't read, and so on and so forth. She's doing nothing for her district at all except going now on the floor of the House of Representatives and reading a letter that calls not only President Trump uh, a bigot, a, a racist, and so on and so forth, but all of his voters and supporters as well. That's the worst part about this. You talk about an attack on the people. Marsha Fudge is an embarrassment, an absolutely embarrassment. And what's more embarrassing than her presence in the United States Congress, the House of Representatives, is the people in her district that voted for her. It was shameful that she was allowed to do this. Republicans obviously spoke up in protest when she was reading this horrific stuff about the president and about the president's supporters, the president's voters and constituents. But obviously the Democrats control the committees now, so she gets the opportunity to say these horrific things. But yes, we do get an opportunity to reply. Dan is calling. No, I'm sorry, not Dan. It's Don. My apologies from Cuyahoga Falls. Hi, Don. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. How are you doing today? Long Good. time. Uh, some caller. Uh, I've got a gripe that hasn't come up yet here. It's about this uh, Senate hearing for the 9-11 victims bill. And, uh, oh, by the way, good for Gibsons. Great to hear that news. Amen to that. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. So John Stewart goes, and they're whining and crying in New York again that they need compensation for these victims. And, you know, the, the public employees in New York and New York City probably have better benefits than Jesus Christ himself, I would say. And, you know, we we have paid them and paid them already. They've got their insurance, and now they want, uh, you know, some kind of a, a national level uh, bill to give them aid and compensation. You know, I want to point out that after 9-11, all of America poured millions and billions of dollars into New York City to help them out. The city of Akron itself, I think, donated like a $500,000 fire engine, plus God knows how many dollars. You know, I donated at work, I'm sure you did, and everybody else. And here the New Yorkers are still sitting there whining, you know, where's the money? Where's our money? You know, give us money. You know, why do we have to help them out? Let the, you know, it just, it, it kind of gripes me. 20 years well, later, let, yes. John, let me, let, me, let me jump in because I'm short on time here, and I want to respond to what you just said, and then I want to get another call in before we're done. Uh, let me say, and thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I'm going to disagree with you respectfully so. Um, some of the conditions suffered by first responders and others who were not first responders but just were victims in the attacks, uh, some of these conditions have led to quite literally lifetime conditions where they are very seriously impacted. Their health is very seriously impacted. Uh, And it didn't go away. It wasn't fixed by the first round of funds because they took care of some of their health care needs and so on and so forth. Uh, A lot of these things are lifetime. You know, we, we pay due respect to those who lost their lives, especially first responders who lost their lives in the 9-11 attacks. But those who survived um, should should get the same respect. And that means let's help take care of whatever their needs are. And if that first fund, 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund, has run dry and yet these people still have needs, I think it is incumbent upon us to help take care of those. I know I'm not a big John Stewart fan. He's a big lib. But I do believe that we can bridge the divide here, I think, the partisan divide, by saying we should all come together and make sure these funds or these people are taken care of. Dan in Middleburg Heights, I've only got 40 seconds for you. Go ahead. Okay, real quick. I know you're on a national show at noon. I don't know if you heard last night that I only heard it was on Tucker Carlson, but that that? uh, Muslim uh, Representative Omar from Minnesota. Yes. 
she's being accused by the Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis Tribune of having um, uh, filing joint tax returns with two different men in 2014, right. 15, and 16. And we haven't heard correct. from her in a week. So that follow is correct. Up. Well, we heard from her. She tweeted yesterday something in support of AOC. But you're right. She did do that. Uh, and she is in some serious trouble. Hopefully she'll get booted out of Congress. But we'll talk about that on the Prager Show, which I will be hosting coming up at noon. As for this show, we'll talk to you again Monday morning at 9 o'clock. Have a great Enjoy one. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.